Hey, everybody. Welcome into Eminem and M across the board. Ashley Miller, Sean Martin, Eric McDowell back for another week of sports fun. We're going to go around the world of sports. And this week we really are because we've got NFL football. We'll talk about the week that was, the week that's coming up. We've got baseball. And guys, every week I say wild, wild, wild card. It just keeps getting more wild. <laughs> Things are getting more settled in the NL, but the AL is totally nuts. And it's going to go down to the final few games, which is awesome for us to talk about. And we're going to go Ryder Cup with Mr. Eric McDowell, which I love. Really cool event this weekend. If you didn't see it, we're going to kind of dig into that. And just like the history of it and, and you know, how cool it is and what, what cool an event it is. Um, so we will start with football, baseball. We're going to start with baseball. baseball. Sorry, I lied. I lied. We just talked about this and then I forgot. Um, but let me first tell you where you can find us. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're on YouTube, Twitter, we're on Apple iTunes, and we're on Spotify. On Twitter, we are at MMMATB1. That's MMM across the board one. So we hope uh, you're joining us for more than the first time. But uh, share, tweet, follow, all that good stuff. We'd love if you'd share our content. Uh, all right, guys. Baseball, I said, we say it every week. It feels like kind of a broken record, but every week it's getting just a little <laughs> bit better because now we're coming down. I mean, there's five and six games left in the regular season and the AL wild card is a total traffic jam, total traffic jam. And when you have the Red Sox and the Yankees involved, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> will the name Bruce F and Zimmerman go down in lower in new England, <laughs> uh, the young kid uh, outpitched, uh, it was Chris sale Monday uh, and, and, uh, or Tuesday, whatever day it is. And the Red Sox, man, you got a you, yeah, you had a bad weekend at home against the Yankees. You're looking at a great schedule with three against the Orioles and three mm -hmm. against the Nationals, and you go out and lose that first game. That's tough. I mean, they're they're still in position. They're half game ahead of Seattle, which give them a ton of credit for hanging in there. Mm -hmm. And Toronto, uh, Toronto too. I actually had a media or not a meeting conversation yesterday with one of our, one of our listeners who said he wants to put together sound bites from the last month of me bashing the Yankees. Cause every time I do that, they seem to they respond <laughs> So, uh, in the spirit of Costanza doing the opposite. I'll congratulate the Yankees on their impending world. Series oh, come on. Uh, good for them. Uh, Aaron Boone, lifetime contract Cashman, keep them around uh, and you know, uh, go for it. And we'll see how that plays out. Listen, uh, just because that, your team hasn't stepped up to the plate. My team's still playing. My God. My God, what? the A's needed needed a parachute a few weeks ago, and, I, and the, the Mariners own them. They own them. And I, I shaking my head, you know, saying you know, the games in Oakland are over for the year. you got to finish with Houston. Just an awful, awful last six weeks for the A's, and very disappointing because it looked like they were going to make a run. But now you sit back as a baseball fan, enjoy it. And see how it plays out the next week. And you know what? As a baseball fan, I would love a one-game playoff with the Yankees and Red Sox. It'd be awesome. Um, yeah, it would. Would I've kind of been pulling for Toronto a little bit, but the Yankee-Red Sox one game, or boy, would I? I'd be burning up the phone lines that day talking to fans of both teams. If that happens, you won't see me too next week. You'll see me in a cot, okay? Because in '78, dating freshman year in college. I took some friends and a Ford Falcon to a bar in New Haven, Connecticut, to watch the playoffs. So. I, personally, I don't want to go there, but it's it's been a tale of two seasons because, as you remember, the Red Sox dominated the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Even though they got swept, they still owned the season series. So that tells you where they used to be and where the Yankees used to be. And so if they end tied, I don't see it now with the two-game lead, but if they do, Boston gets it because of the season series. So, yeah. And I bet Stanton's probably hoping to go to Boston for that matter. But, yeah, the, the Sox play Baltimore-Washington, and – Yesterday was the fitting anniversary 10 years ago, the famed chicken and beer disaster with Francona, people may remember, and Papelbon blew it against an inferior Orioles team that put Tampa into the playoffs. So uh, it was a fitting tribute to play that way last night. Um, but even, the, even with the schedule, I told both of you, I still thought New York would get in, even playing Tampa, Toronto. And uh, I think what would be really exciting would be a, a one-game playoff on monday yeah and it looks like there's still a shot of that there, but it, yeah but, there is still a shot i mean it, it would be game 163 on monday which would be awesome listen there's i read a Passan article yesterday jeff Passan, and 
you know, he laid out all these wild scenarios. And while they're, the percentages are not high, there's still the possibility that you get a playoff game on Monday. There's the possibility that you get a three-way tie yeah. for the wild card. And that scenario, how it plays out is just, it would be awesome. There's a scenario of a four-way tie. Like there's all kinds of stuff that could happen. But the the 163, I think there's still like a 5% chance that can happen. And that's not awful. So we could see a, a three-way tie, which would be pretty cool. Um, can you imagine, Ashley, the games two games in, that by the time you go to the division series, your bullpen is like, are you kidding me? Yeah, There's yeah, nobody you, left. You nobody throw left. everybody and you don't have your starting pitcher. I'll be interested to see, like, it's so interesting to me. Like, on the NL side, you've got teams who are playing against other teams that are kind of just done. So, like, the Angels are obviously done. And, like, how do these teams that don't have anything to play for play against teams that are that still have something to play for. You know what I mean? Like, do you continue to use all your best guys? Do you throw, you know, do you utilize everyone? Or are the teams who are already in, do they continue to throw their best guys? Or do you see them setting up their bullpen and their starting rotation to be ready for game one of whatever series they play uh, in the playoffs? Because, like, no offense, but if I'm playing whoever it is, I don't care – if they get in or the other team gets in, if it's about me setting up my team to play the best baseball they can play in the playoffs. So I'll be very interested to see how that all plays out, but also how it affects other teams. Like obviously the Orioles are a whole different, like for some reason that team repeatedly stinks every year. And for some reason <laughs> they cause the Yankees problems every year and give the, the Red Sox problems at very inconvenient times. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you look at you look at the NL West, okay, for the Dodgers. Um, Scherzer's pitching tonight. Mm -hmm. They're two games behind the Giants, and the Giants finished with San Diego, um, and they've kind of rolled over here a little right. bit. So the Dodgers are two games back, and you have to start thinking where 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 are we going to be next week? You know, mm -hmm. you'll be home, and you're going to be home against St. Louis. So we'll see what they do with Scherzer tonight. Now he'll be yeah. on rotation because they have five games left, and he's going tonight. Mm -hmm. So it would be his start anyway, which which would be good for the Dodgers. But you talk about a just an all-time play-in game. The defending champs have been in the World Series a few times in recent years against a team that's won 17 in a row now. I mean, my God, they made Eric's hat of the week um, <laughs> with this streak. So that that's that's must-see TV for sure. I, I think the Mariners don't get the attention because of where they are. I lived in California for about, uh, I think it was eight years, and the anti-East bias is big time because everybody talks about the teams in the East. But they've won 12 of 14, and look what they're doing. And Because they're playing yes, the A's. Are down, but, but frankly, they're beating an A's team that makes the playoffs consistently every year. There is no question that Seattle would like to see the Orioles continue their magic and that Toronto and Tampa Bay can – beat up on New York mm -hmm. because I think the I don't think the Angels are in a good situation. We won't go into depth with that, but we heard Otani have to clarify his comments about basically saying things have to change. So they have a disaster there. I don't think that team is ready to take the field. I think Seattle could conceivably run the table and yeah. sneak in. And if they do, uh hats off to them because it's a remarkable story. Hanniger has just been an absolute fire. He is the Stanton of the Mariners, three homers in two days, for example. Yeah. And I think for as, listen, for as set up, we've talked about this though, for as set up as the Red Sox are and should win four of their final five games, we said nothing is given in baseball, but it's totally the opposite for the Yankees. Like they've got the toughest schedule remaining of any team left trying to get into the playoffs because they've got two in Toronto and three in Tampa. So again, that's a team that's going to go have to go out and earn it. And I don't see Tampa and Kevin Cash being like, you know what, we're in, we're all set. Like, you know they're going to try and stick it to the Yankees. They don't want the Yankees in. Like, that. that's one of the scenarios that I see playing out is like, they're going to throw whatever they have to at it, not to the detriment of their own team, of course, but they will try to make sure that the Yankees do not make the playoffs. I thought going into the final nine games, those final three series for the Yanks, two of three in each series would win it. Obviously, they've swept New York, and they took the first one in Toronto. I think if they go like three of the – obviously, three of the final five, you're probably in no matter what. But it's so interesting how it plays out because you have other teams beating other teams and still you right. – so you have some control over it, but at the same time, you also have 
some not control over it. Yeah, I, I like the Yankees' chances here up too. And you do have a, you know, the Red Sox, Mariners, and Blue Jays are all a game apart. Mm -hmm. But if the Yankees can get one more uh, in Toronto uh, to just extend the lead over that team, that's as good as they could do. It's, you know, and the Mariners, I, I agree with Eric. I think they can run the table. The mm -hmm. Angels are done. The A's are done. The yep. games are all at home. Hopefully they'll get some support there. I know they're a really low crowd the other night. And they got called out on Twitter by somebody, and then one of the somebody replied like, "Hey, we've been to the playoffs four times in forty yeah. years, forty-four years. What what do you want?" Um, so we'll see how they do, but they have a great schedule to finish up, and you know, for them, they got to be hoping these AFC East, AFC oh, football, AL East teams uh, all pick each other off. I need more coffee here on National Coffee National Coffee Day. Hey, do you th you two? I think will agree. It's safe to say the manager of the Padres will not be tingling with excitement come Monday morning when he's gone. Okay, I mean, talk about a classic fall. You know, yeah. the good thing for for Jace is that at least the weather in San Diego is good for a Monday morning tea time at about quarter of eight. But nobody saw that coming with the Padres. Absolutely nobody. Yeah, I, you're right. But I also think I don't know that anyone saw what the Giants did coming either. So I think right. you have at least you have like somewhat it's not an excuse, but at least you could be like, well, nobody saw that coming from the Giants. So if that didn't happen, you're probably talking about a Padres team that's in. But listen, that's baseball like teams do things that it feels like. For a long time, it was the Giants every other year. And now the Giants just tend to surprise people. And again, maybe it's where they play and that, you know, these West Coast teams aren't getting as much, you know, pub and they don't have a, a superstar like Tatis and they don't have, you know, they just don't have like the magic of, again, a team like the Angels who have Trout and they have Otani. People aren't talking about that West Coast team and the Giants. They're talking about the Dodgers. They're talking about the Padres. They're talking about the Angels. And yet, you know, San Francisco just casually strolling in and still able to play for, you know, they're still competing for a division title at this point, not even just getting in. I think one thing to look forward to, we're talking about the wild card. You're, you're also looking at two other first round matchups that are going to be awesome. Uh, the Astros and the White Sox mm -hmm. and then the Braves and the Brewers. Uh, I picked the Brewers uh, a couple months ago to get to the world series. Love that rotation. Yeah. Atlanta's been around and they, you know, they, they've been to the NL uh, championship series last year and they're, they're three and a half up on Philly big win last night. I think they're going to be okay and get in there, but uh, the playoffs this year are going to be fantastic baseball. They got to stop throwing Will Smith. <laughs> Chris is a Braves fan and he continues to say, I don't know how that guy still has a job. What are they doing? And like last night he made it interesting, but he figured it out. So that bullpen could be interesting in a, in a, you know, tight one game uh, or a tight one run scenario if the Braves are in the playoffs with a team like the Brewers. But yeah. Hey, one other thing I noticed in the standings, I want to give him a shout out because the regular season is ending. AJ Hinch got buried for what happened in Houston, lost his job, sat mm -hmm. out a year, given another chance. I didn't even realize until this morning the Tigers are only seven games under 500. Mm -hmm. That's a decent job he's done there. They got some good young players and some good young arms yep. on that pitching staff. And to see them sitting in uh, sitting in third place and only two games out of second place, good for the Tigers for, for maybe giving their fans some hope. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they went all pitching in this year's draft. I mean, they loaded up on arms. Yeah. So you could see that team very quickly – becoming much better and obviously they already are much better than last season but i could see that team in like two years being someone to reckon with in that division that's right boyd mize they've got yep. some tremendous young arms i read in fact yesterday morning it's great timing sean because they said watch out for the tigers over the next couple of years the mm -hmm. wild card yep. is a possibility the white Sox are have some young talent but pretty much some veterans making it happen this year but uh no question the what hinch did uh to get another chance I think Hinch has done a better job this year than Cora. Mm. I'm being perfectly honest with that. I really do. And he has a lot less groceries in which right. to shop with. Well, he's got, I was going to say he's got less talent for sure. Right. So, well, let's go back to the Red Sox. What's the deal there? Eric? I mean, do you, you see all their games. Most of them, you certainly found closer than I do. Um, what's the talents there? What is it? Is it, uh, I don't know. You tell me. I think, you could go to a little league game and see a team deflated 
And I think that's what this is. This team is deflated. Uh, they had it's so difficult. What we'll talk about the Cardinals later, but to do that type of winning streak is magnificent. It's unheard of. But I think the Red Sox are still deflated. I really do. I think the bullpen has been overused. I think the big mistake over the weekend actually was uh, not setting up your ace to go Friday. And here we are watching in front of a barbecue family outing last night at Oriole Park. There were about 30 people there. Uh, you see Sale take the mound. And any time the problem with Sale is they feel they've got to keep him wrapped. He's got mm-hmm. a limit. But you don't have to do that to every starter. Is in the sixth, the line out to second, and suddenly the bullpen comes in. This bullpen is a disaster. And if this team gets into the playoffs, I really don't think at this point they will. That's going to be a problem. They're just not going to match up. But it's a deflated ball club, and they got to stop reading the press and see, oh, you're going to beat up on Baltimore. Because as Ashley said a few weeks ago, the Orioles are a hungry, good young team. This team is a very big disappointment this week. Uh, and the last piece on that, to see J.D. Martinez, who takes all day, swing and have one inning against a pitcher who threw all of six games, mm-hmm. four-pitch inning. Seriously. Yeah. To me right now, that's a lack of effort. And they need to wake up this morning and shake it off because they're still in right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, listen, this is certainly not over. I, if Obviously, if trends continue and the Yanks continue playing the way they are playing, which is hitting the tar out of the ball and the Red Sox continue the other way, you could see things going poorly for them. But we know how streaky the Yankees are. Like as a Yankees fan, I am not convinced that they will be in the playoffs. And I know it's it's like, of course, I'm just kind of like it's safe. It's like a safety net. Like, oh, in case they don't make it. Well, now I've prepared myself. But they could realistically not make it. Like this team goes from – 13-game winning streaks to six-game losing streaks. Like, it's very feasible that all of a sudden the bats go cold and that you get one bad start and you're looking at a real problem. Um, So right now, things are good in New York. They also have a suspect bullpen. Chad Green has been less than reliable. Then you throw out guys like Lucas Litke and Wandy Peralta. You don't know what you're getting. And again, with Araldis Chapman, like he can be so, so good. He can be the best closer in the game, or he can be the most unreliable closer in the game. So I think the Yankees have similar problems when it comes to the bullpen. I don't know it's that they're overtaxed per se, like you think uh, of the Red Sox, but I just think it's that they're totally unreliable and you never know what version of these pitchers you're going to get. And don't, don't rule out Toronto. They're, mm-hmm. they're right there. Yeah. They have two more with the Yankees. And then they get the those pesky Orioles at home the last weekend, mm-hmm. including Sunday, Bruce F. and Zimmerman. Um, and maybe he'll become the Red Sox savior with a big performance on Sunday <laughs> and get that group in. We'll see. Yeah, and, and that's the type of team we talked about it. If they can just kind of find their mojo, you know, they get even if they win one of the next two against the Yanks, like that's the type of team that is going to go into that final series knowing exactly what they have to do against Baltimore, and that's win. And I think if they play – the type of fun baseball that they're capable of playing and don't get tight and feel like, oh, this is, you know, do or die, which it is. But if they don't play tight, I think the Jays make easy work of the Orioles, unlike the problems that the Yankees and Red Sox have had with them. (laughs) All right, gang, on that note, we'd like to thank Mohawk Mohawk Honda for their sponsorship of our show, which can be found on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, Twitter at MMMATB1. Uh, Mohawk Honda, the current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this a perfect time for you to get top dollar for your vehicle. Right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. They'll put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't try and buy from them. That's a pretty sweet deal, especially for all those recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or for some extra cash. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept... They're a lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles. Their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. You can also check out their full selection online. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, and Luis, the VIP man Morales, are one of the many helpful sales consultants here at Mohawk Honda. There's a vast selection of Honda certified pre-owned vehicles, so now is the time to take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Mohawk, Mohawk Honda and Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. I would like to meet Jake Hot Sauce Doyle. 
maybe Jake Hot Sauce Doyle could do it to do a little cameo on him. Come on the show, do his own read, introduce himself. That way, maybe he could do some picks. I don't know who he is, but he, if you like sports, can he on. take us out to a Mexican restaurant with that nickname? Hot Sauce Doyle, <laughs> maybe. I love it. Oh, so on that note, you're hey, up. I got to give the LA Rams some credit here, right? Yeah. Yes. Beginning I of the picked year, against them. Beginning of the year, I said, "What is who is Matt Stafford? Is he the guy that uh, was a good quarterback on just a really bad team? We'd find out in L.A. Well, they, they put up some pretty good numbers on Tampa Bay defense the other day and, and beat the Bucks in a battle of unbeatens. Early on, they're, they're the best team in football until somebody can prove otherwise. They have a top-flight defense. And, you know, Stafford's found his range, and he's already connected big time with Cooper Cup. So I want to give them a shout out to lead the NFL. I'll let you guys bring up the Raiders and we'll celebrate that win. But uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the Rams, you got, you got to give the Rams a ton of credit for yeah. their start. And uh, I got one, right. I can't believe it. I took a <laughs> chance on them. Go ahead, Ash. What do you yep, think? I picked, listen, I'm happy to admit that I picked the Bucks, and I still think the Bucks will be, you know, right there in the mix, if not in the Super Bowl, because they have Tom Brady and we know what Tom Brady does. Um, yeah, good game. I think at the beginning of the year, we all thought the Rams would be the best team in the division, and we would quickly learn if Matthew Stafford was going to be the X factor. I think we have learned. I know it's only three weeks in, but three weeks in, we realized that, yes, Jared Goff was the problem or one of the problems, and that Matthew Stafford is a solution to it. I, that doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they are a much better team with Matthew Stafford under center than they were with Jared Goff under center. And listen, Goff... Props to the Lions. It, they're fighting every week. It doesn't mean they're winning, but I do think it's generated at least some like passion from fans and interest from fans. This doesn't feel yes. like the 0-16 team of no. eight years ago or whatever. This is a team that fights, and God bless them. Like Justin Tucker just freaking breaking their hearts every week. He's broken a lot of hearts, but he <sighs> crushed Detroit uh, uh, last Sunday, and it was – I love Justin Tucker. He's awesome. He's one of the greatest kickers in NFL history. Um but man, those lions—they just can't catch a break. <laughs> I, I watched that live. Can you imagine you two sitting behind the goalpost? Oh! And I, I look at the replays, and you see a lion fan going, "Yeah, yeah." Oh my God! It hits. I thought he missed it. I thought it bounced back because you can't tell. I thought it bounced can't back tell. out the other way, and then people in the newsroom start screaming, and I'm like, "What the?" <laughs> Yeah, I was watching that game live too to see the end because I, I like I like what the Lions are doing. I love their coach. I think mm -hmm. they've taken on his personality already, and I think the wins will come. Uh, you know, if Goff can step it up a little bit, just a gut wrenching loss for them, and that's just you know he's banging on the Jets a little bit. That's such a Lion way to lose a game, and too bad. I mean, too bad they really played hard and rallied and took the lead. You know, Jackson makes a great throw to set up the kick, but it was just just an incredible finish. And just to add the little extra to hit the crossbar and have it bounce over, that's just an extra gut yeah. punch for the Detroit. Brutal. Oh. I'd like your thoughts on a couple of these. All right. We're going to go to Chicago. All right. Oh. The Bears, yes. The Bears hibernated. I, is this correct? 47 total yards of offense, okay? Yeah. One and, passing and yard. One, One passing yard. This is the debut of Justin Fields, but please, asterisk, okay? It might have been the field of dreams because he was lying down on the job because the line gave up nine sacks. Nine sacks. Seriously? That's Are you unbelievable. Me? Nobody can succeed in that. Tom Brady no. couldn't succeed in that situation. Nobody. Matthew Stafford, nobody. Well, they come to Vegas next, uh, not next week, the week after. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, they're going to get it again. <laughs> come to town, they very well might. Yeah. Uh, the only one team I got to give some props to is, and I know, is Dallas. I, I mm -hmm. still don't like their defense, but that division, to me, Dallas is clear, clearly the best team in that. Division. Who said that? I think you did. <laughs> this girl. You know, it's it's it, it's. I think they have a lot of flaws. Yeah. But. So Washington, does every other team in that the division. The Eagles are terrible, and the Giants, Ashley, uh, eh, that's No, they're a... terrible. And listen, the Washington defense has, like, I know they're the Bills, but they hung 43 on that defense. 43. That's, for some reason, like, everyone was on the Washington defense, and they just have not shown up at all. So 13 first downs, yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's a brutal just kind of reversal of fortunes from what everyone thought might be. Um, How about some love for the Bengals, by the way? 
Yeah. yeah Joe okay. Burrow, Whenever maybe. you do your picks, we always go oh, Pittsburgh at home, Cincinnati, because they lost eleven in a row. And here they go into Pittsburgh and they gave up the season low 10 points. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, good for the people of Cincinnati that the yes. Bengals, I think the Steelers are overrated. I think that proves the point. Yep. They have a disaster on their hands in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. They've been beaten at home twice now in two weeks. They, they beat Buffalo good for them week one, but Ben Roethlisberger looks older than me and I'm old. <laughs> um, I mean, they, and they don't have a whole lot there. Mason Rudolph isn't it and Dwayne Haskins stinks. Um, I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle for the next few years. They and they're banged up on defense. That's not going to help them at all. They're not going to win a lot of fourteen to ten games right now until they get some of those guys back. But that is an absolute disaster. But yeah, I'm happy for the Bengals. I'm actually looking forward to watching them play this week. Yeah, to hammer down that's... Coach Meyer uh, a little bit more and beat his ego into the ground a little bit. As the Jaguars just, they're going to have a struggle for for at least a year. I think that's part of it too. It's like it, the Bengals are almost the old Browns. Like the Browns get Baker and Odell and people are now interested. They get Burrow, Cincinnati gets Burrow and people are now interested and yeah. the wins help. So I'm happy for the city of Cincinnati and that people finally want to watch Bengals games, whether or not it turns into <laughs> eight, 10 wins, who knows, but they're an exciting team and they give you enough that you want to keep coming back. As for the Bears, guys, I saw this at the one-yard passing. I saw this from, I believe it was Rex Ryan and Dan Orlovsky, who literally called for Matt Nagy's job as soon as that game was over. Yeah. And I'm not a football coach, so I don't, you know, I don't know the X's and O's per se of what their game plan was. But to paraphrase it, Orlovsky basically said, like, Nagy didn't do his job, and it's a fireable offense because he was either complacent or he's just a total idiot and doesn't know how to coach. He was basically like that game plan was set up to fail. It was set up to get Justin Fields injured, all of the above. He's like, that guy should have been fired as soon as that game was over. And I was like, whoa, because <laughs> I didn't see it live, but I saw the highlights. Crazy. Yeah, I want to uh, two two games I want to look at coming up this week. One on a personal, because the optics are going to be interesting Monday night in Los Angeles. I saw a projection yeah. today where they think it's going to be 74% Raider fans there. The Raiders still the most popular team in LA. That's one of the most think, interesting games to me. Yeah. I think it's going to be more. Um, and on another side note, when are people going to start calling out Mr. Advertising Pat Mahomes? Cause another careless turnover yes. for the game on the line, that's two weeks in a row. Um, but then also I want to, especially Eric, uh, you being a Pats fan, I want to get your, your thoughts on, Brady's homecoming this week and, and what that's going to look like Sunday night, uh, you know, with the crowd. Well, just to touch on the Chiefs, they're one and two and in the basement. I know Sean is just the tears are flowing in that euphoric. But Sean, is just, when you have four turnovers and one with two minutes left, I don't care who you are. You're not going to win at any level. College, high school, pro. And that's why right. the Chiefs now one and two. But uh, I will tell you as a preview next week, I will touch on the book about the relationship, but I know with the Patriots situation. But for now, just a brief comment on that is that uh, I think there will be a lot of cheering. I don't think it'll be a booing situation because you have to look at how yeah. unique it was to have a guy I mean. for, for that many years with that coach um, and what he accomplished. And I cannot root against Tom Brady. The mm -hmm. problem is when the game begins, you're forced to. Okay. Yeah. But I think for Tom Brady, he does not show a lot of emotion and he's very focused. But I don't know how he can walk into that stadium that morning yeah. and be Tom Brady. I, he is a human being and I think there will be emotions. But yeah. once the snap, he'll play. It's going to be a very exciting game and uh, it's going to be extremely difficult to watch him beat the Patriots, which he. Yeah, will. I was going to say that one could get ugly. <laughs> Coming off a loss and coming off the game that and, and listen, Max interceptions weren't all bad, but he didn't play great. And so I just feel like that one could get ugly. As for the Chiefs, I, I understand people they're one they're one and two. They're in the basement at one and two. Like let's pump the brakes a little bit. The fact that they had four turnovers, the Chargers had zero turnovers, and it was a six-point game tells you everything you need to know. Because yeah, as long point. if you start to take care of the ball even a little bit. Not only are you going to be in games, they're going to win games because they just have more talent than almost every team out there. So uh, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I understand that division is very good. It's much better than people probably gave it credit for. The Chiefs will be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> we did our preseason show. Someone here called for a regression. Yeah. Part of that was because I'm a homer. Yes. Yeah, they, 
look, Mahomes is great, okay, but he is still careless. He yep. makes so many great plays on the fly that sooner or later, law of averages catch up, and they're not mm-hmm. great plays. You're going to keep trying. He's got to learn. Yeah. They're even even the best quarterbacks of all time. You got to learn. Sometimes you 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 fall to the ground with the ball in your hand, yeah. or you get out of bounds. You just don't make some throws because he's put his team in bad spots two weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine, but. You never know. That defense isn't very good. They replaced the whole offensive line uh, from this year. Maybe that's just going to take them a couple more weeks to get some cohesion going. But for now, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I also think, listen, we talked about the Broncos. I get it. They're 3-0. and They'll fall right back down to earth quickly based yeah. on their schedule. And listen, the Raiders, I think the Raiders are going to be, be much better, obviously, than people thought. But they're going to have a couple tough games aside from the Giants, which who they'll pound like they'll have a few games that we will see just how good they are. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You know, like the Chargers Raiders game this weekend, which should tell us a lot about both teams. And one of them's Monday night. Exactly. With the Chargers, you know, the Raiders yep. on Sunday, that was a tough first quarter and it was a lethargic team. Maybe just a little let down after a big road win at Pittsburgh. Um, but they won the game mm-hmm. and that's not a game that the Raiders yep. have won in previous years. They, they got down 14 zip, a pick six, and then, and then a touchdown run. And, they got back in it, and they tried to give it away late, but they they found enough to win the game. You know, at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are, and they're 3-0. and And yeah. I've been banging on Denver for 40 years, and I still don't think they're that good. Yeah. But you got to give the Broncos credit. Yeah, they've beaten teams' aggregate records are 0-9, but they didn't pick their schedule. Right. Okay? right. They won the games, and then mm-hmm. that's all you can do. And we'll see. They got the Ravens this week. They seem to got things working out. Right. Uh, maybe pick up the the, the Tucker kick and, and get some momentum going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. It's But it's been interesting so far. I've enjoyed it. Um, but if, for me, Sunday night is a tough one to watch. I'll watch it because, A, it's football. And, B, my mm-hmm. wife's a Pats fan. My screening questionnaire 16 years ago left a little bit <laughs> of desire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Duke fan, too. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But anyway, the the hard part I have with it is I hate the Patriots, right? I'm still upset about the fumble in the snow in 2001. Uh, But even then, the whole Spygate, Deflategate thing, to me, it's an asterisk. I I think there was a lot there. I think the league covered it up. I have a hard time with it. And I know Robert Kraft has been very charitable and gives a lot back to the New England area. But I, I, I read some excerpts of a new book coming out. Uh, today prior to the show. And it's, uh, things aren't as always rosy as they looked. And, and Belichick's the best coach in the history of the league, but I don't have a ton of respect for him. And I'm actually kind of happy that, that Brady won the Super Bowl last year um, to kind of maybe show that he was a little more responsible for that than Belichick. Um, but Eric, yeah, you you touched on it, but what what are your feelings on that? Does Belichick just a little bit of shine come off because they struggled last year, struggling this year, or is it just – you got to move on and you got to reload. It might take a couple of years. Well, they opened the pocketbooks uh, last year. And again, mm-hmm. no excuses. Everybody had COVID guys out. They had a lot yep. of guys out. Gilmore isn't playing uh, as well. But I think, to be perfectly honest, I think both the owner and the coach thought that Tom was coming to an end and they needed to rebuild and look to the future. But by the same token, I think Tom Brady deserved to be a little better. He deserved to be able to see Belichick in person, which Belichick apparently didn't want to do. Tom Brady, people need to remember, also didn't take a pay cut, but he kept his salary much lower than others, even Stafford's at the time, so they wouldn't have the cap issue and be able to get uh, other talented players. And the fact is Tampa came in with an offer and said, we'll give you whatever you want. We'll get you the receivers and everything you want. And they did that. Um, But I hope, you know, it's going to, this will all blow over in a few years when Tom retires in 2049, and then he can come back and have his number retired and all will be good at that point. But um, it's obviously an exciting uh, thing to look at this book and to see what it's going to bring to the table. I don't think I want to read it. I want to just look and enjoy what the 20 years of Tom Brady did. Just look at the pictures. Look at the pictures. I I, I do want to say about the flight gate. I don't, I think it happened. I think it was stupid. You're going to beat the Colts by 30 points and you have to do that. 
and nobody talked about that. I do think it was yeah. an inside deal. I can't believe that Brady would have to do that for that game. He hadn't done it before. It didn't do it since. Why would you have to do that? You're going to beat the Colts by 30 anyway. So that one smells. The other stuff, no question was wrong. The, here's the thing, though, with the deflating the footballs. I think it probably up until that point happened every week with a home team. Hey, you go to the quarterback. How do you like the ball? Right? Right. It's just. I a, don't think it was that big of a deal. What I think I was gonna, it was. Is it I like Pintar? You know what I mean? The, yeah, I, that, I think yeah, so. Good, I think good good the good stuff, you know what I mean? If there's a PSI range, you want the quarterback comfortable with throwing the ball, right? He's your guy. So I don't think it was uncommon throughout the league. But what I think it was was they got hammered. Because A, they didn't cooperate. They lied about it. The cover-up is worse than the crime. But I think it was also from Spygate, where to me, that's the biggest scandal in the history of sports that will never be told. The NFL destroyed the evidence. But I think that's why the punishment was so severe, because now they got caught doing something again. Okay? And that's the thing. And Brady destroying his phone with a hammer or something the day the league <laughs> wanted to see it. And I say, well, that's how I dispose of my I phone. Mean, it's so absurd. It's I mean, so come absurd. on. Just come on. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I think that's why it was a big deal because they fought and instead of just saying, "Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. got it. yeah." Sean, you you said you hate the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> if you are not a Patriots fan, the Patriots are hateable. Everything about them. And listen, I'm on the Tom Brady bandwagon now, but Tom Brady has changed over the years. He he to me was the equivalent of Bill Belichick. Like I I don't like Bill Belichick. We talked last week about his interaction with the media. I hate all of that. I think it's just absurd the way he answers questions. He's hateable for a reason, Um, not just because he wins games. Deflategate, Spygate, all that stuff adds to it. But Tom Brady, to me, has like, he's, I think maybe just doesn't care so much what people think over the years. Like 10 years in Tom Brady versus 20 years in Tom Brady is a totally different person. Um, He's become funny. His social media accounts are great. Like he's just a likable guy. And that happened even before he left New England. That happened for me. I was like, oh, I don't hate Tom Brady as much. I don't want to lose to Tom Brady, but I don't hate him as much. And now I like him because he doesn't play for the Patriots. He plays for somebody else. He has nothing, period, two, period, prove, period. And you have to go back on the Patriots side here. This was a kid that was like fifth on the depth chart, Mm -hmm. okay, in Michigan behind crew. He was not... Uh, you know, he had that chip in the shoulder saying, I'm good, I'm good. And not many kids can go on the first day of camp to the owner of an NFL team and say, I will make you proud. I will. This was the right pick. I will be yep. the man. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. And he and Bledsoe, with an injury, gave the kid the opportunity and Brady took it and did a phenomenal job. And no matter what happens in the history books of the NFL, uh, People will look and see that those titles and that run, we won't see that. I don't care what team it is. We will not see dynasties in this league. I don't see how it is ever possible again. But when Belichick retires, if you watch him, the minute the game of the season's over, he's funny. He's always had a sense of humor. People talk about that uh, with the Suns that played lacrosse in college and all that, that he's a hilarious guy. But he will not change for the press. There was a question this week. You know, Brady's thrown 22, you know. What an idiot. I'm sorry. Why are you bothering asking that question? You know the answer. We're going to look at the team. We moved on. He's a great player. Stop. Give it up. But but when it's all over. You asked the question of, like, what did you see on those Mac Jones interceptions? And he just stood there, looked dumbfounded for, like, 15 seconds, and then was like, I don't know. Like, come on. Yeah, but we talked about last week. You have to ask the question. Yeah. He can handle it any way he wants. But true story about Brady before we move on. His first ever game uh, against the Jets. I was at the Raider-Miami game that day. That was the early part. It was the first game back after the 9-11 attacks. And after the Raiders got beat in the last couple seconds on a Jay Fiedler scramble, nauseated me, we were in a bar uh, watching the uh, the Jets and, and Patriots. And I saw the play where Mo Lewis hit Bledsoe. And I remember seeing Brady come in, and I started laughing. I'm like, Tom Brady's in the NFL? Are you serious? Right. He, he kind of got held back at Michigan. He did. Michigan was trying to force feed Drew Henson onto the football program because they had promised him he would play to keep him from going to the Yankees baseball. in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, and that's why Brady's growth at Michigan, or at least his um, his people being aware of him, was stunted because he didn't play all the time at Michigan. You go back, he had great numbers there. But I saw him take the field and I laughed. I couldn't believe he was in the league. 
which just proves that I don't know a damn thing. Isn't that, isn't it funny though, how you have moments like that, that you're like, ha, remember when I laughed at Tom Brady coming into his yeah. first game in the NFL and then he won seven Super Bowls. Eh, that's funny. Well, last uh, thing guys, is, remember yeah. I grew up and the Boston Patriots were horrible, horrid. Okay. And as a kid, my uncle and father would take me to a game. And my uncle said, you ready to see some NFL football, Eric? I am. You won't today. So that's why <laughs> as a Pats fan, we appreciate because it was horrendous for so long. Yeah. Uh, real quick, guys, because we didn't even talk about the Sunday night game. Chris Collinsworth, I think, put it perfectly when he said, does Aaron Rodgers look like a guy who is not invested in the Green Bay Packers? No. Like that final drive was classic Aaron Rodgers and he pumped his fists before he, like as he walked off the field and Mason Crosby walked on the field for a 51 yard field goal. Like that's not a chippy, but he knew like, I just did what I needed to do to get my team in position. Like that is a guy who I know week one was whatever, but he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and he's playing like he was last year. Like and after everyone overreacted in week one, I feel like Aaron Rodgers. we said he would be fine and he's still he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Just got a R E L A X back. Yes. <laughs> on that note, Hey, falls officially here. And that means change may be coming to your home. Does your furnace need to be replaced or are you looking for an upgrade for your heating system? Johnstone Supply in Troy can make sure your home is heated properly for this colder weather that's on the way. A family-owned and operated business, Johnstone Supply in Troy has been helping upstate New York residents for decades. Visit their store on 6th Avenue in Troy for more information on how they can help you this fall. Whether it's finding the proper change to your filters or making sure your home is heated properly for the new weather, Johnstone Supply in Troy staff can help you answer any questions that you may have. From George to Tom and many more. The staff is looking forward to seeing you. Follow them on Facebook or call them today at 518-272-5922. Johnstone Supply in Troy. And speaking of which, the colder weather is coming, which means our golf season is coming to an end. But uh, a tremendous weekend it's for, for Team USA. It Eric. Awesome. Well, we both know, all three of us know, Sean and Ash, is that golf is an individual sport. It's not about them or his or her. It's about you and only you, usually. Now, the Ryder Cup takes the individual and puts that individual into a team, and they have to support each other. Doesn't happen in golf. It was the first Ryder Cup win for the Americans since 2016, and Steve Stricker, one of the best captains I think they've ever had for what he did. He said it provided a new era in golf, these are young guys who were hungry and really wanted it. He could see it in their eyes. The Americans had the most Ryder Cup rookies ever with six, yep. well, since 2008, and the youngest team ever, average of just 29. Now, in the past, it would be an all-star big-name fest, and frankly, players who have been there, done that, Phil and Tiger, all that stuff. Rory McIlroy, if you haven't seen it, folks, watch this interview, the future Hall of Famer, okay? Very emotional. He called the Ryder Cup the greatest experience of his career. And he talked about Ram and Lowry and not himself. Meanwhile, it was safe to say that Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka's relationship, if you will, was equal to that of A-Rod and Veritek from I years ago. I wish they played together, though. So Justin Thomas egged them on during the post-presser, another video to see, give the love and show how much of a team the U.S. really was. And sure enough, they closed it with a hug. Thomas should get the Nobel Peace Prize. So finally, the whistles... At Whistling Straits were not heckle whistles, no. They were whistles at a young group, the now, the future of professional golf, who individually came together as one. And they have the trophy to prove it. Yeah, good for them. I, I always get fascinated by the Ryder Cup because it mm -hmm. always seems like Sergio Garcia is there to just put a, he's the fly in the ointment. Mop up. Yeah, he went three and one this week and good for him. And John Rahm was John Rahm, but still they found a way and you know, Dustin Johnson, you remember the young kids, Dustin Johnson has been around a little more and he went five and oh, uh, to lead the way. So good for him because it, the Ryder cup is tricky. You play a team, your best ball, whatever, whatever the format is, but guys like Tiger and Phil, Eric, that you mentioned had some poor Ryder cup moments to see some of these guys put it together for three days and in four or five different formats is fantastic to watch. I love, and Eric, you touched on the individuality of the sport. And despite like, listen, that rivalry 
between Kepka and DeChambeau, I don't think is overblown. I think it's a legitimate, like, they really don't like each other. It is. It has been fueled certainly by fans and by media, but I don't think that they're just putting it on there. I really think, like, they just don't like each other. And I love that about golf. It needs rivalries. It needed Phil and Tiger. It needs all of that. But good for these guys who, in a lot of ways, are probably not quite as mature and they're very young to put rivalries aside and to understand the magnitude of an event like the Ryder cup. I kind of, I kind of compare it in my mind to the Olympics and yet in Olympic golf, it's still an individual sport. So it's still right. even different than the Olympics in that you're playing for your country in the Olympics, but you're playing for yourself here. You're playing for your country and you're playing for your country. You're playing for your team. So good for them for putting all that aside and making it about the greater good. And it just felt it had that feel of like the World Cup in soccer. It had everything about the Ryder Cup, the fans, the emotions, like just the fun that they were having. It was awesome. It was awesome. And you, listen, you, we needed the U.S. to win in a lot of ways because it had become, I felt like it had become a little bit stale for fans. Like, oh, well, when you don't win, it's not quite as fun. So I'm glad the U.S. won because it just makes it interesting and a little more competitive. And you said it, I think, this even proves that you, golf in the United States is set up to do very well in the future. Like guys like Colin Morikawa, we've seen him win two majors already. The U.S. is set up individually going forward to be very good. But I think even in the Ryder Cup going forward to be really, really good. We, we had a little controversy, but but first, it, it's fun. It's, it's actually weird for me to see concede in golf and gimmies because yep. if you do that in our golf league we'll throw you into the in the back of the truck <laughs> but DeChambeau was was peeved because he didn't get a gimme mm -hmm. with that three-foot shaft rule that they have and it was funny if you heard Paul McGinley's comments it's the right of cup goddammit how can you expect to get that from a team with a massive deficit that's going yeah. to throw everything at you come on make mm -hmm. the putt but I really enjoy seeing these guys high-fiving mm -hmm. and coming together. You know, when you play individually in the crowd claps, you go like this. You mm -hmm. can't raise your hand. Yep. You can't even hug your caddy, okay, until the final putt is made and the tournament's over. So very exciting. And, yes, Ashley, the future is incredibly bright. It, it was nice to see them close the door on Sunday and come out and take yep. care of business. You, you go back years ago to me. I, I can't remember what year it was when the Ryder Cup was out near Boston when uh, Team USA put on a huge rally during Sunday singles and won just an absurd amount to, to rally past uh, Europe. Um, Eric, where, do you remember where that was? It was a, a place right outside of Boston. The, it's the Country Club at Brookline. Brookline, that's right. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. If you if you walk as a fan, you feel you shouldn't be stepping on the, on the pristine grass. Yeah, and that was fun to watch. But it was good to see them go out Sunday with the early lead and just take care of it. So, uh, yeah, good for them. And, yeah, Morikawa, 3-0-1. To go with Dustin Johnson. A couple other guys didn't lose at all, um, but it was it was it was fun to watch and to see him. It's kind of like you got you got a football team and you go out and watch them beat somebody forty-one to nothing. You kind yep. of enjoy it, you know. You don't let them back in it and take care yep. of it and move on. Call it a day. An early celebration. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the ten points, nineteen nine. The ten points is the most they've ever beaten Europe by. But I also think it's funny how like my mind goes different places. My mind went to the Olympics. My mind also went to comparing this a little bit to like the new age of baseball, like bat flips and fun mm. and whatever. And this was like, people were chugging beer and chest bumping and high-fiving. Like it's, it's the total opposite of what we're used to in golf. Like you said, when it's like polite hat tip, whatever, this was just like total ruckus, like fans wild and guys shotgunning beers. Like it's just so not what you expect with football or with golf. And it's kind of similar to what has happened with baseball. It's not baseball from 20, 30 years ago. It's baseball. Now this, the Ryder cup is the equivalent of that. The youth movement in sports continues. Yep. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, good for them. Good for them. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Who wants ready? to go first across the board? I went first last week, so I'll defer. Okay. I'll take the kickoff to start the second half. Eric, you want you want it or you want me to go? Go ahead, Ash. All right. Looking forward so, to this one. My topic this week is ACC football. To put it plain and simple, it sucks. <laughs> like, uh, realistically speaking, the ACC 
will not have a team in the college football playoff. Nope. Because Clemson has worked its way out of the college football playoff already by losing to Georgia in week one, and then an abysmal performance last week. You've got Wake Forest at the top of the conference at 2-0 and 4-0 overall. That should tell you all you need to know, and I understand that we're only four weeks in, but this conference is terrible. UNC and Duke, Sam Howell probably killed his draft stock. Losing money, losing cash. Duke was supposed to be this great team, not so much. All these teams that people thought were going to be so good are not, and now it's just like a mishmash of like you've got Wake Forest is ranked, NC State is ranked, Boston College is ranked, and you know that's not going to last. All of those, well, they're going to beat up on other bad teams, so I guess it might last. But those teams would get pounded, pounded into oblivion by a Big Ten or an SEC team, all of whom deserve to be in the college football playoff. My Syracuse Orange is 3-1. and one. They haven't played an ACC game, and they've beaten Liberty, Ohio, and Albany. Yeah, but you got that last-second field goal to get by that pesky Liberty group last yeah. week. I mean, yeah. come on. Who they, were, who they were – Liberty was favored by six points, I believe, was the spread going into that really? game. Like, oh, my God. That tells you everything you need to know about the ACC. The ACC is awful. They should just eliminate them from the playoff altogether and tell them nobody can get in. And you didn't even mention Miami and Florida State, which right. are just going Florida into State's irrelevant. Right, can't believe Florida State hadn't fired Mark Novari yet. Miami hasn't been Miami in a long time, and yep. no one's shedding tears over that. So and NC State's the top-ranked team. Uh, the top yep. ACC team is ranked 23rd. Yep. It's incredible. And the CFSU 0-4, BC at 4-0. I see BC men's ice hockey usually 4-0. Yeah. But- and listen, <laughs> BC is, is better. BC is a legit team, but they can't be the best team in the ACC. Not right no. now. I enjoyed that NC State game the other day. I had yeah. it on, and then you know the crowd yeah. was into it. And you kind of wanted to see it do it. Mm-hmm. I, a little Clemsoned out. I like Dabo. I like what he's built there. We, we did our preseason predictions. I'm kind of looking for somebody new playing at the yep. end of the year. So they're done. Um, but it's kind of amazing that they're not getting the quarterback play they got, um, obviously without Lawrence. But they, the quarterback this year is not the same as he was right. last year when he filled in for Trevor. So – it's just kind of time for them to take a, a step back. They'll be back next year. They recruit, you know, the, the program recruits itself. But, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough year down there. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, are they better than the AAC? Do we got to flip around the letters in the alphabet? Listen, Cincinnati's really good. <laughs> we'll see how they can do against Notre, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. My parents will be in the house this weekend at Notre Dame. Awesome. Well, good for NC State because they broke a curse. And I'm not calling it a curse because the coach called it a curse. Okay, nine years Doran has had missed field goals, bad penalties, or no penalty call against Clemson, and he called them the gold standard of the league. So good for NC State. Uh, I think North Carolina was highly touted. They're sitting at two and two. They played Virginia. Uh, They played Tech. They're just not playing well. And the question with BC this week is Clemson going to lose to BC because the Eagles, I believe, their starting quarterback, Kirkovic, may not be playing. So yeah. you're right. This is now the NFC East of college football is what the yeah. NFC is. And the thing is for Clemson, they need, like, they need Wake, Louisville, NC State. They need all those teams to sustain and to start to take that next step because I think they're quickly realizing that one loss in that conference is killing them. Yeah. If you have a better conference altogether, you have the chance to salvage your season and beat good teams to get back into the playoff. That's not going to happen this year because no one is good enough. And the yes. SEC, you lose one or two games, you still have a chance to beat multiple ranked opponents the rest yeah. of the way. You can't do that in the ACC. And I think they're probably realizing, like, man, our conference is really hurting us at this point. Yeah, in the SEC, you're automatically going to have a great strength of yep. schedule just yes. because of who yeah. you play. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's it's how the Pac-10 has been or Pac-12 has been for mm-hmm. years. Um, they haven't had anybody any good, and then they start to pick each other off, and they're all yep. just kind of right in the middle. Um, so yeah, Eric, what is on your board? The bird on the hat. Give it away. Oh, look at that! Yes, you even drew. It's a That's pretty a good, good logo. Good writing. Yeah. Need the red marker. Great but... penmanship. A. Well, it's an A for penmanship. We all know about the Yankees and the 27 world titles, but who is second? Well, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. They have the 11, the most of any NL team. And at least me as a baseball fan, when I think of the Cardinals, I immediately think playoffs for good reason. 
for a 15-year span, including 2015. They made the playoffs 12 times. We just assume they're there. They have great fans, super loyal. Prior to 2020, they had eight straight years, averaging 40,000 fans in 15 of 16 years. Think about that in baseball, okay? 40,000 is what you see for a four-game homestand in St. Petersburg, Florida, if you're lucky. Now, this isn't a star-studded L.A.-like roster. It's a roster of players who do not quit. They were one game under 500 in early August. The deals of Lester and Hap went over about as well as a Cub fan uh, with a hat on in a St. Louis bar. Nobody there was pleased about it. And then the Birds didn't head south. They broke the franchise record set in 1935, and they've now won, as of taping, 17 straight. Mm -hmm. The most since Cleveland four years ago when they won 22. They're slugging 531, Goldschmidt hitting nearly Ted Williams-ish. Wainwright, what a horse, six straight, 10 of 11, okay? And those two vets that they uh, joked about have really helped stabilize the club. They're not giving up the homers and keeping the walks low. So on September 16th, the 2011 title team had a reunion. The question here, we know it's a tough road, but will there be such a thing for this team in 10 years from now? And stranger things have happened, but for the Dodgers or Giants in next week's NL wild card game, watch out because these birds are flying. Thoughts? Yeah, I love it. Listen, I'm not going to pick them to win the World Series just because I think that would be silly uh, with all the talent out there. But what I think is so great about this run is like you talk about, was it a 13-game winning streak that the Yankees had, 12-game winning streak in the middle of the season that people got all amped up about? The Cardinals' 17-game winning streak, they've made it look easy in a lot of ways of those 17 games four of them were one run games most of them were three and up so like they're not only are they winning they're doing it in games that aren't really all that close you you sweat a couple of them but they've done it with some ease and they've just looked like they've had fun doing it so I at no point did I think like well they're gonna lose this game coming up or they're gonna lose this game coming up I just keep thinking like yeah they're just gonna keep on winning (laughs) Yeah, it's a great baseball town too. You talked about the loyalty, the fans show up, and good for them. I, I, I think they're going to run into a buzzsaw next week named Max Scherzer. Scherzer, um, but but incredible. Adam Wainwright to me is one of the best stories of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. He's a guy. I don't even know how secure his roster rotation spot was at the start of the year. Right. I mean, he was their closer when they made the World Series over ten years ago. It's amazing that he's still doing it, but he's putting up some great numbers for them. And I'm a big Yachty Molina fan. Love back, um, back. Uh, uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's probably a future no manager if he wants to. Um, so that would be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, they're 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 playing great baseball at the right time of the year. And sometimes timing is everything. And uh, and we'll see how they can do in the playoffs. But if they can get by that one game, I hate the one game playoff. Give me a best of three. I know. But, but uh, if you win your division, you don't have to worry about it. But uh, is, is well, good Yachty for Renato too. You know, Arena, let's give him some yeah. credit. You sit in Colorado yeah. and you make two playoffs and you're gone in all those years and the fun that he's having in that city. And uh, I agree with Alina. It's nice to hear you say that, Sean, because people think, oh, he's a catcher that doesn't hit. Excuse me. Yes. Catching is defense one, hitting no. two, as far as I'm concerned. You uh, have one of the most difficult positions. We, my we question is, the first ballot Hall but, of Famer. I think, yes, might. And I think so. You are co- yeah. controlling the game as yep. a catcher. And he and Wainwright are one of the longest running ever in baseball mm-hmm. history, pitching, catching duos. So it's yeah. not a coincidence that they have won all these years. And no, Yachty can hold, it, hold his own at the plate for sure. And he's one of the best right. defensive catchers with a gun back there. Yep. Um, the baseball's ever seen. Yeah, I, I think he's another manager on the field for them. That's that's what I think of him. Um, I think he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer down the road. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I also, you just, you guys know how I feel about catching. And you said this too. It's defense one and hitting two. I don't care if my catcher doesn't hit as long as he doesn't like just, as long as he's not hitting like 070. Like, you know what I mean? I don't care. I'll take, I've said this before, I'll take Kyle Higashioka every day over Gary Sanchez because I want the defense over the offense. And Higgy does enough for the Yankees at the plate that he's not detrimental to their offensive output. I'll take him over Sanchez every day. And that's why someone like Yachty is so valuable. Yeah. All right, so for years, I've kind of banged on the NFL for their greed, okay? I, I It bothers me. They, they want 17 regular season games. They have it. 
They eventually won 18, but in the room next door, they're giving a press conference on the importance of player safety. Okay, they're doing that to increase the pocketbook. Fine, but I think at some point you're you're the king of sports in this country. Enough is enough. But in this case, for this topic, my man Gordon Gecko, greed is good. You're hearing that the NFL is looking at about two and a half billion with a B billion dollars a year for the Sunday ticket following the 2022 season, and Directv is not going to be able to come up with that sort of cabbage, so they're out. You're hearing Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, possibly Apple. Thank God. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a guy that used to live in an apartment. I couldn't get a dish. Yeah. Owned a house 18 years ago in Albany, New York. Tried to get a dish put up. Didn't have line of sight because some neighbor four houses down had massive trees. I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Caused me to miss the Jamarcus Russell era. <laughs> I'm married now. I got I got a better chance of flying out to, to a Vegas Raider game next week. Then I do I get in a dish put on my house. God love my wife. She thinks it's an eyesore. I'm not going to fight that fight with her. I've been lucky the last few years that a good friend of mine has given me his information to use the Sunday Ticket app. Beautiful. So I'm able to see all the Raider games. God bless them. Great thing. But now that it's going to be on a streaming service, which is what it should be, I think the NFL, they got a ton of money from DirecTV, but you also cut out a great number of people that yep. just could not get a dish for the reasons I just said, right? So I heard they even put together a package uh, like Angel did, at least before ESPN took over. Well, you could pay for one team. I've been paying for Boston Bruins games individually for years. Um, but what I love about the option is this. You, I got up last Sunday morning and just for S and giggles, I wanted to see what the TV options were for our area. One o'clock, Falcons at Giants. <laughs> that was it. 405, Denver and the Jets pass you had the bucks and 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 bucks rams yeah rams okay that's a winner in the sunday night but i just remembered like back in the mid 90s when the cowboys and 49ers were the teams and they were getting ready to play and you realize it's giants at cardinals week and that was going to be your game it's just Mm -hmm. awful so i'm hopefully it does become a little more of a streaming option and uh and people can enjoy their favorite teams i think it just makes the nfl stronger yeah. Uh, listen, I, I don't have a ton to say about this because I don't have a lot of experience with DirecTV. I've always had cable, so I can only watch the three games that we get in those 1 o'clock and 4.30 windows. But what I do know is this. If I want to watch a specific team, I go out to somewhere, a bar, that has DirecTV and has the NFL Sunday ticket. And what I know is that if it's raining, not even like thunderstorming, <laughs> if it's raining – I can't see the damn game because it cuts out every five seconds and goes to black and says it's having problems. There's nothing I hate more than seeing that just like direct TV logo scrolling on a blue screen because they're, they can't, the satellite can't pick it up because it's bad weather. I will never have, have direct TV. So I hope that they make the change, but that's the only thing I have to say. <laughs> My, uh, Oh, first of all, Ashley, I think I'm surprised Sean didn't have a forest planted so he could not see the Jamarcus Russell years, but but um, when my father-in-law did have DirecTV, he was not a big fan of it for exactly what you said with the weather and all of that. Um, to me, I, when I want to see a Sunday and if the Patriots are not on locally because of the lovely market that we're in, which for some reason they say the bills are in this market, even though it's about, a, it seems like 80 billion miles away, I watch the red zone. And yep. I have to say my father-in-law was not a fan of it because he liked to follow drives and yeah. stuff. But when I see the red zone, I'm thinking I may see, oh, let's say, hypothetically, Justin Tucker kick a 66-yard field goal. It is amazing to me because every – first of all, I, I hope the guy has a catheter. I don't know how he never takes a break, okay? But guy. it's amazing. But uh, to be able to see every impact play and that witching hour to me is just remarkable. There's nothing like it. But I agree with you. If this could be a very good thing for fans, similar to the MLB extra innings package – I can yep. watch every single Boston game here, and my brother-in-law in Florida can do the same. And, there, and a Packer fan in somewhere in Miami can do that. Then I hope this happens in, in uh, the NFL. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, like extra innings, I've had that every year that Major League Baseball has offered it. Um, and even I, I read on Twitter, John Butchergross tweeted the other day, like I said, I've been paying for Bruins games on uh, NHL TV for years. 
that I I don't want to research this, but I think ESPN, you get all out, out of market games if you have the ESPN Plus subscription, which I do because if I they're they're partnered with Disney and yep. Disney Plus, and Disney Plus fuels my house with my boys. So yeah. uh, it's an extra little bonus for me that they can watch uh they can watch uh, any show they want while I'm watching the Bruins get their thing done. So uh, let's hope it happens and, and get it a little more live stream. Yeah, the red zone is awesome, though. If I don't have a rooting interest, I'm good with the red zone. But if I have a rooting interest, I need to go out and see it. Luckily for me, I have a rooting interest in a terrible team that happens to be on TV every week because we're in the market. <laughs> and the NFL red zone is made for fantasy. Yep. No question. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely no question. You will yep. basically see every touchdown, every mm -hmm. field goal, which means that you'll see your guys get it. And, yep. and that, I think, has really led to the, the increase of that channel. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't see it live, you see it 15 20 seconds later. So, it's awesome. All right, boys, uh next week we'll see you then. If you are looking for us, we're on Twitter at @mmmatb1. That's mmmm across the board. Sean, Eric, Ashley, we're also on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Share our content, please. We would love it if you do and we hope you come back next week. All right, thanks everybody. Have a great Thank week. Thank you.